0: Chapter 3 10 to Midnight Adam Abernathy sat in the corner of McDonald's, on the table on the right-hand side by the window. The cleaner had asked him to move so he could clean the light above the table he was originally sat at. Everything smelt of bleach. He was pressing fries to his lips and chewing with his mouth open, sometimes missing his mouth, his eyelids heavy from all the alcohol. His hiccup turned into a burp. His phone buzzed. No doubt it was from Carolyn. Yep, two missed calls, now one text. Just please let me know you're okay. Kiss, kiss, kiss. He shut his phone off. Of course she was sorry, now. He'd taken all the white stones from the front of the house that were now stained black, put them in two plastic bags from the shed, cleaned them with bleach and returned them sparkling white again. He'd washed the car, cut out all the weeds from the back garden like she wanted. he picked up his mother-in-law's prescription from the chemist. he called the vet to ask for advice about the way the cat was behaving, her lack of appetite and quietness. He'd basically been told that the cat was 14 years old, so what did you expect? She was dying. He didn't say that in those words, but that's basically what he'd meant. He'd cooked Carolyn the chicken curry dish that was her favourite and bought her some more wine. And what thanks did he get? Oh, thanks. I don't actually like that wine that much. Fine. Okay, my bad. Had she noticed the car? What? Did you notice I cleaned the car? Yes, yes, darling, thank you. It looks amazing. Sorry, I meant to say. And then to fill the silence. Did you go to a car wash? Are you saying I'm too lazy to do it myself? No, Carolyn. Amazingly, I cleaned it with my own two fucking hands, you fuckwit. Where are you going? To see Tom, I told you last week it's been booked for ages, you said I could go. I most certainly did fucking not. Tom was Carolyn's university friend. They met briefly during a masquerade ball when Carolyn went to the bathroom and came back to find her housemate Megan deep in conversation with Tom's friend Connor. They'd kept in touch after the ball because they both had joined the stand-up comedy society. Carolyn thought that Tom had been very supportive of her at her very first gig in front of an audience. She'd brought her notebook on stage with her just in case, but had frozen anyway midway through her set under the lights and eyes watching her. He'd heard her joke so many times by then that he began to shout out a few words to jog her memory and help her find her place again. His own performance had been somewhat of a disaster because he'd got so drunk beforehand and then was mainly just rambling into the mic. Not a lot of it was coherent. He slipped and almost fell on his ass, which resulted in a pantomime-like gasp and cheer from the audience. And so he'd bowed dramatically. And they'd remained best friends ever since. Adam had always been very threatened by their relationship, although he was loath to admit it to his wife. Caroline could have male friends, that wasn't a problem. He wasn't the type of man to stop his wife from doing what she wanted, within reason. But he couldn't understand why she didn't understand that her close relationship with Tom was humiliating for him. Everyone would be whispering about how Caroline Abernathy was really close to another man, a better-looking man, a richer man, a man who wasn't her husband. It was hurtful that she wanted to spend all this time with him, That she had inside jokes with him and this stupid mundane history with him. How could he compete with history? Tom had had a head start in knowing her. She'd always dismissed his concerns. They were just friends. Tom had a long-term girlfriend, someone he'd known since he was 16. He adored her. They never had a thing, not even at university. And if he had been single, they still wouldn't have. He wasn't her type, she swore it. And that was fine. Adam trusted her, but he didn't want any more solo meetups between them. It made him feel uncomfortable. He couldn't help it. She needed to respect that. So she agreed. And when Tom would visit the house, Adam made sure to stare him down and answer any light-hearted attempts at small talk with monosyllabic answers. No one was stealing his wife on his watch. He could try and trust her intentions, but not this slimy fucker. Tom would visit the house less and less as a result. It's his birthday, she said. Mandy and everyone will be there. You could come too, obviously. It's not a big deal. It is a big deal. You are fucking unbelievable, you fucking bitch. Anger erupted and sighed at him then. A pin being ripped from a grenade, it seared through him, making everything go silent and black. When he woke from the reverie, he was being dragged out of his own house by the police. He hadn't touched her. He hadn't fucking touched her. He'd screamed her over and over again, and she'd agreed. He hadn't physically done anything to her. Ellie had corroborated this. They told him that he was under arrest for false imprisonment. He'd stopped her from leaving for the party. Yes, he did. Of course he did. He was upset. He'd even threatened to do something stupid to himself if she did go. She'd gone towards the door, and he'd stood in front of it. That's all. And now he was being accused of something as ludicrous as false imprisonment. Had she lost her fucking mind? Aye," the cleaner said, pointing at the light above the table. You want me to move again, Adam said. The man nodded, smiling apologetically, tapping his watch. It's midnight, we're shut. Perfect, Adam thought. A third week sleeping on his mum's sofa to look forward to. Stop acting like you care, you evil slag. He texts Carolyn back. He took another bite of his cheeseburger, wiping a ketchup stain into his white shirt, dumped his chocolate milkshake in the bin and headed for the door.